0: Praise the Lord, and Happy New Year. I don't know that anybody thought we'd get to 2024, and if you looked at comic books and movies or cartoons or anything like that, the year 2000 was much different uh, and more advanced than even what we are in 2024. cars were flying, and the Jetsons were going on, uh, but we're still here, the church is still here, God's still on the throne, I'm ready for him to come back, and uh, I think that time is drawing near, Um, and uh, just as you start the the new year, you know, everybody starts, you know, evaluating, oh, what are the things I'm going to improve on this year? I'm going to make some resolutions to do some things better. Um, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to read a book every week. I'm going to, you name it, somebody has claimed it as a resolution. Uh, And probably somewhere between 0 and 1% of all the resolutions made after the first of the year are still going on after the first month. Uh, so, uh, but in the spirit of kind of a resolution or uh, setting a goal for ourselves, wanted to talk a little bit about building a vision and the importance and the value that that has. Uh, in 1 Kings 5 and 5, uh, we'll recount a, a familiar story uh, throughout the evening um, But hopefully uh, it will reinforce this uh, idea of building a vision, communicating that, and holding on to it and the value that that provides. But it says, And behold, I purpose to build an house unto the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room— He shall build a house in my name. So this is the story of David and and ultimately Solomon, uh, who will build the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, And what we know uh, about this story is that David was a king. He was a warrior king. And uh, he is one of those individuals that when you look at one side of the column of here are the things that he did that weren't so great, some of those are awful, terrible. Uh, we would look at him and say, why is he not in prison? Why was he not given a death sentence? Uh, then you look on the other side and you, wow, Amazing all the things that he was able to accomplish. Um, And luckily, there's nobody here uh, in the house tonight that has a resume uh, quite as terrible as David does. Um, But it was at the end of all of that, uh, and you look at the extremes of those, where he was told, I was going to be king, and he had Saul, who was actively trying to kill him, but he refused even though he was given opportunities uh, to take that and then the same man is willing to kill an entire household uh, just because of an insulting speech. Um, and so, uh, but in Acts 13:22, 22, uh, the Bible gives uh, a great testimony about David. It says, uh, And when he had removed him, he raised him up, raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. That's a, a lot of times we just kind of read the first part of that, which is David was a man after God's own heart. But goes on to say, he shall fulfill all my will, and so you look at uh, you know what David did, uh, warring, conquering lands. Uh, it was something that he wasn't out of the will of God. It, it wasn't a punishment when uh, David goes and he's uh, he wants to build this house uh but the lord says you're not the one that's going to do that because you've got too much blood on your hands and you may say wow here's a guy who operated in the will of god was god helped him along the way there were miracles that god performed and yet god's going to say you're not Worthy, or you're not the right person to do this thing, even though you desire it so much. That's a pretty tough realization. If you say, "Wow, I, I did all of these things, and you helped me do them," what what did I do wrong? Uh, why why is it why is this going to be reserved for somebody else? And Uh, Our very human response uh, to that is is probably bitterness, anger, uh, frustration, confusion. But uh, we we look at this idea that David has, this vision that he has, which is to build a house for the Lord. And in 1 Chronicles 1, or 1 Chronicles 22 and 7, it says, And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. And this all started when David was traveling to Shiloh to worship, and there was a tent, uh, and, you know, he has a palace, and he thinks, How can the God of everything... Not have a permanent dwelling. Uh, I've got to do something. I've got to right this, this wrong, and um, he had this idea of I'm. I want to give God the best that I have to give because He's deserving of it. And uh, those are that's the first you know notable thing about David's kind of approach to this is he had this spirit. Uh, that we see in Psalms 84, verse 10. This is something he wrote. uh, And it said, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand, and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. So he he was not, uh, he was content, he wanted to serve, he wanted to be available, and he wanted to do his best for the Lord. And he wasn't doing it uh, for himself. He wasn't doing it for others. He was doing it uh, for the Lord. And in Colossians 3.23, this is um, a verse that has helped me in every job that I've had, whether that's been as a janitor, cleaning in a factory, uh, which those of you that have worked in a factory... Uh, or in any type of public environment. You can work in an office building and you've probably seen some wonderful sights in a bathroom and in facilities. And you can say, what's the point in even cleaning this? Because I've seen people, we walk out, they walk right in laughing and the place is trashed two minutes later and you say well what's the point or you're you're at work and you say wow i just spent all this time doing this and they said great thanks for doing that work we're not going to do it well why would i do that and then the next time you do that and we're not going to do it and so then you get this idea of why am i doing these things why should i put in the effort i'm going to put in something And, and this verse is what keeps me in check. And it says, Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men. I've had uh, the pleasure of working with some other uh, fellow believers and have reported to them, and I've been able to tell them point blank, I don't work for you. I work for for the Lord. And so you're always going to get uh, the best out of me that you can, regardless of whether how small that is. And that is uh, an honorable, notable characteristic that David exemplified. Um, and uh, it, it is something that when you have a vision, regardless of how big or small that is, that if you're doing it to the best of your ability and you're doing it unto the Lord, He will honor that. And uh, so, uh, David, uh, as we've said, he wants to build this permanent home uh, for for the Lord, and he is uh, very passionate. He's uh, has numerous discussions, and uh, the the prophet Nathan talked in 2 Samuel seven eleven it says and the Lord telleth thee that I will make thee a house and this is a promise to David David wants to build a house for the Lord but the Lord turns around and says well I want to build a house for you and you may say well David already had a house and why is the Lord wanting to build that house and um, while David had his, he was set up as a king, there was a dynasty, Uh, you could look at it in the literal sense of the Lord established David and that household uh, ran uh, the kingdom for several generations. Or you could look at it from a spiritual sense and the offspring, uh, go all the way down, and he counts Jesus Christ as one of his descendants who is sitting on an eternal throne. And so you can look at it in a spiritual sense of saying, did he just give David this kingdom on earth, or is he a part of this greater kingdom uh, in heaven? And, And that's the beauty of when we choose to join with the Lord in his will, uh, pastor said it numerous times when we're giving you can't outgive god and here david wants to give him a house uh, and the lord flips it around on on him and, and it's not just one household it's two and i don't know how many times even for myself it's you, you look at the time that you invest whether that's here at church here with your family uh, with others, and uh, when you're doing that in the name of the Lord or you're doing that with the Spirit of the Lord, he blesses that, and, uh, and it is typically not one for one, and it may not come instantaneously. Uh, David's eternal throne or home wouldn't have been realized for thousands of years later, And uh, that's a key uh, component that you'll learn about when you're building a vision. It's not always you that gets to fulfill what that vision is. And and David understood that. And so um, in 2 Corinthians 5, 1, uh, it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, but it's eternal in the heavens. And so David has this choice. God tells him, nope, you're not building it. I, You are... Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I did First Chronicles 22 and 8, uh, but we can, if I did, yeah, we, we can read what, what the Lord says. He says, but the word of the Lord came to me saying, thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Already talked about how bad this would feel. Uh, I mean, Lord basically, He not only tells him no, you know, how many, how many times do we like to hear the Lord say, wait or no? And, uh, you know, how many times have you maybe had that answer and you said, but why, but why? Um, I would use this verse as a warning for yourself that you may not want to know why uh, the Lord, but to trust Him. Because at the end of the day, what David had purposed in his heart, the vision that he had, the passion that he had, comes to fruition. Uh, but he learned something about himself. And, and again, your response to what, whether that is a simple answer of wait, yes, no, or if he decides to give you the long-winded answer and tell you exactly why you're not gonna do X, Y, Z, or exactly why you're gonna do A, B, C, um, most of us, at, at least at first, are probably gonna kick the ground, we're gonna be upset, we're gonna be offended, um, and you know that can, uh, that right there, can scuttle your part of what that vision is and ultimately what that goal what the will of the Lord is the will of the Lord is going to happen regardless of whether I participate or not so i am not vital to what his ultimate will is but i can be blessed and i can be a part of that and get to have this eternal house, this eternal home that's built. And, and that's what we're really striving for uh, when we say, okay, well, I don't know what this leads to, but I know that I've got this focus, I've got this desire, this passion. I'm going to allow the Lord to lead me, however that may end up. And... Uh, you know, you look at, at this, I mean, this is God bringing up things in the past for David. And so, uh, you know, there are choices, whether you're in the will of God or whether you're out of the will of God, that may limit how the Lord can use you. A lot of times I think we look at it in the negative of, oh, well, I've done X, Y, Z, or I'm I'm from... Uh, Timbuktu, so God can't use me or he won't use me for for this. But here, David was operating in the will of God, and that blocked him from doing this thing. You know, that's, for me, that's a tough pill to swallow Uh, because if you are, if you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, Uh, and he's performing miracles in order for you to accomplish what he's asked you to do, and then says, yeah, because you did those things, you can't do this other thing. That's tough. And, uh, but, that wasn't David's response. His response was, okay, but I have this vision and so I can either say, well, it, it can't be done if I'm not going to do it, or I can say I'm going to do what I can to prepare for that. And so what did David do? He jumped in and he started, A, he communicated with his son Solomon. He said, this is, this is what we're going to do. I'm not allowed to do it, but God has already told me that you're allowed to do it. And we'll read the verse uh, here, here in a little bit. Um, of what exactly uh, the Lord said, uh, and you know David could have pouted about it, but in in First Chronicles 22 uh, and verses two through five, it gives this is what David started to do, and he commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land, and he set masons to hew wrought stones to build a house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails for the doors of the gates and for the joinings and brass in abundance without weight, also cedar trees in abundance for the zidians and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical. That's a a different word. Uh, Of fame and of glory throughout all countries, I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. And this gets back to that scripture of we're doing this for the Lord. He didn't just start gathering materials but he abundantly started collecting. When we went through that list of things, it wasn't he prepared iron, he prepared it in abundance. It wasn't he gathered wood, it was he did it in abundance. And he starts casting this vision of, this is not just a a simple dwelling, but this is something that is going to have fame and glory, and everybody, regardless of whether they're Jewish or not, is going to recognize this is a magnificent building. And, uh, you know, how can we not operate abundantly when we have a God who is willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask? Again, this is that relationship of, I want to build a house. No, I'm going to build you a house, and it's not just going to be a temporal house, but an eternal one. We're not just going to do abundantly. He's going to give. He's going to return it, exceeding abundantly, above all. And so um, that is uh, that. That should be a motivating factor for us. You know, when we're doing something and we have a vision and a passion and we're working for the Lord or for his kingdom, uh, it's not about what can we get out of it, but it's how are we furthering it. And, and God, we have that... Um, you you have at least that promise that he's going to return it in some way or another. And, and whether that is... Uh, in an eternal sense, you know, I don't know that the apostles would say, uh, "Wow, serving the Lord really got me in in a great place." Uh, most of them did not end up in uh, the best of circumstances. Uh, most of them didn't end up uh, having uh, a cushy life. Uh, yet. What they provided for us is producing disciples today and is leading us and guiding us uh, with, from uh, what the Lord has had imparted to them. And so they're reaping that reward. You know, every single person, that's a crown that's now in their, their crown, or that's a jewel that's in their crown. And uh, they don't see that. And David didn't get to see the temple. He didn't get to see this glorious building. Yet he was working uh, exceedingly hard in order to prepare so that his son could, in fact, complete the work. And so uh, David calls Solomon in, in in First Chronicles 22 and 9. And he says, uh, Behold, uh, a son shall be born thee who shall be a man of rest. Is that, and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about, for his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. And so uh, it, it is, David calls him in. He says, this is the vision that I want to cast to you. It's something I've had. But it's not just something that I've had. It's something that the Lord's given me. And he has expressly uh, said who's going to fulfill it um, and has given some assurances that will make sure that you can complete it and you can be confident in it. Not all of us always get quite a clear picture of of what the Lord wants, and he may not call names specifically of, well, this is the child that you're going to have, and it's going to be the year 2054, and they're going to do X, Y, Z. At least I've I've never experienced any any kind of detailed uh, description from the Lord, uh, and, and maybe I'm not praying hard enough or, or fasting enough to get there, but Uh, A a lot of times it is, it's this feeling, it's this uh, idea, it's this thing that continues to gnaw at you, to drive you to do something, and doors open uh, and and pathways are uh, made known to you. And it is really um, the, the concept of a vision and passing that on, um, Solomon understood that. Uh, he understood what David had given him, uh, and he would later go on. We all know Solomon is is the wisest man to live, and in Proverbs 29, 18, uh, he goes on to say, "Where there is Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. So, Solomon, as a young boy, was given this vision. And who knows how many decades later he writes Proverbs and he writes this down because he understands that if you don't have a goal that you're setting forth, uh, we have a goal. We're we're trying to, to finish the race. And we're trying to get as many others to finish the race with us. And it is uh, this idea of you may have something in your mind and you're working towards it, you you dedicate your life to it, and at some point you've got to pass that baton. You have to be willing to pass that baton. Uh, Otherwise, uh, that vision can uh, die with you, That vision can be corrupted with just you, uh, but when you bring others into that vision, you allow them to capture sight of it, and you pass that that baton, and you're willing, and you're able, Uh, it it requires two parties. It requires a, a willing communicator, and it requires a willing listener, and you know, Solomon could have said, "I'm king. I'm a prince. I'm a future king. I'm going to do what I want." Um, I don't think when you look at David, you can say David was a man after God's own heart. He he was one of God's chosen people. He was anointed, but he was also human. And, and he knew the power and authority that he wielded. Uh, you can look at Solomon and uh, Solomon, same thing. Very, uh, when you are a king and you are a human, you are prone to certain things. Uh, and, but he was willing to hear it and he took that vision and he made it his own. And, uh, you know, each of us, it um, is charged to be a wise steward uh, of what God's given us. And, uh, you know, not all of us have the vision of building the temple. You know, some of us, it is the vision of cleaning the bathroom. Some of us, it is the vision of making sure that all the lights are working in the chandelier some of us is making sure that uh, the roof stays on and the siding stays on which hopefully we won't have any issues with that for a long time but it it is uh, all of our visions all of our purposes are, are are different and they're all valuable there's not one that's more important or less important Uh, We're all part of building the kingdom. At the end of the day, everything that David did, um, you know, when you look at even um, the construction today compared to ancient times, uh, you know, you, you have things that still take, with modern equipment, modern technology, they still take years to build, And, you know, in ancient times you have uh, the the pyramids. You have the Great Wall of China took thousands of years to actually build it all. You you have caves in Jordan that uh, took 450 years to carve them out. Um, And it took seven years for them to build the temple. And why Why was that? Well, because all Solomon had to do was focus on building the thing. David had already gone before and got everything lined up. The workers were all trained. He had access. The Lord had already promised peace during this time frame so that he could complete his task. And he was able to build the temple, that surrounding area, in just seven years. And if you've seen images of... Um, you know, based on the descriptions in the Bible of what the temple is, if you have seen uh illustrations of what that looks like, it is something that is famed and brings glory to God and it it, it resounds throughout all the countries. It's an amazing thing. This was not something that, hey, we put up a, a wooden hut and we called this the temple uh But Solomon did capture the vision and he delivered on it and uh, when we are um, looking about what what we uh, capture uh, in our vision and and what all should be entailed in our vision, it's you know, asking ourselves the questions of, you know, how do we manage those things that God's put in our heart? Um, You know, there are, uh, uh, I'm sure everybody has, you know, multiple ways that they would love the Lord to use them, but there's only so many hours in the day, or there's only so much that you feel confident doing. You know, are we committed to honoring God by doing whatever we can to complete the mission, even if it means someone else is ultimately lined up for success. Uh, you know, some of the best leaders uh, in in the business world in uh, historical times have set up either their predecessor or somebody under them to fulfill uh, the ultimate outcome. And the desire, you know, David could have said, I'm keeping this, I'm hiding it. If Solomon, if God really wants a permanent house, then he can talk to Solomon. Um, Because I'm not going to do the work just to have somebody else's name slapped on the building. Uh, Because we don't say it was David's temple. We don't even say this is Solomon's temple that David helped build. You know, it's Solomon's temple is what it's referred to. And so uh, we have to, what does the Bible say? I must decrease so that he can increase. Uh, And that is the same, not just for God, but when we're talking about this overall mission and building the kingdom of God and the vision that we have of seeing as many Uh, For us locally, hopefully that vision is we want to see as many souls in Licking County receive salvation. That's a vision for 2024. We want to see as many souls in Licking County receive salvation. And whether that is at Christian Apostolic Church or whether that is... At some denomina- non-denominational church, or whether that's at a Baptist church or a Methodist church, if they can get a hold of God and get filled with His Spirit, that's a win for the kingdom. You know that it doesn't say, "Oh, when they were won by CAC." You know when I get. Hopefully, when I get to heaven, in the, in the Lamb's book of life, it doesn't say, uh, David Christopher Post, guess what? I didn't even receive the Holy Ghost in Christian Apostolic Church. I received it out at the campground. But Christian Apostolic Church was a part of sending me to camp, right? It, it's responsible for being a church family for me. And so that's a part that Christian Apostolic Church has played. So we're here, it's hard sometimes to see the big picture, and we can get pigeonholed into it's my way or the highway, or I I want to get credit for this. Um, At the end of the day, we're not the one that saves, that's God. And uh, regardless of what sacrifice we've made, uh, what sacrifices we've made, Uh, When we compare those and place them up against the sacrifice that the Lord made, it can get kind of embarrassing that we even thought it was a sacrifice. And so that's what we're working towards. You know, are we purposeful uh, with sharing our vision uh, with others so that, you know, either they can carry on what that is or uh, can they get excited and help you now or does that spark some other vision for them uh, to pursue. Uh, but Solomon builds a temple, um, and Solomon built it so that the name of the Lord would be glorified. He accepts his charge. Uh, and uh, this, in 1 Kings 55 this is one of the ones we open with, and he said, I purpose to build a house under the name of of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, So while we call it Solomon's temple, that was not at all what he looked to call it. His, his aim was righteous, his aim was correct, uh, and he even is gracious enough to say, Hey, this was my dad's vision. And I'm carrying it forward. It says, thy son, whom I will set upon the, thy throne in thy room, he shall build a house in my name. And uh, w- what is, you know, a lot of times, you know, when, when somebody is complaining or talking about things, they'll say, I, 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 I. And we say, well, we, we know... Who this conversation is all about. Um, But in this case, I is a good thing because this is Solomon speaking and he says, I purpose to build a house. This was a vision that his dad cast, but he caught a hold of that vision and he said, This is now something I'm purposed with fulfilling. It's not, I'm not doing this for my dad. I'm doing this for myself as unto the Lord. And uh, that is, that, that's one of these areas where it, it will be acceptable. Uh, now, it very dangerously could have turned into, well, I built this temple. When people are glorifying it and everything, well, I built it. You know, that's the negative side of it, which luckily Solomon didn't, didn't go down that. But he made the vision personal Uh, and and that was part of that was because he was willing to listen, and somebody was able to communicate that, and and they were able to transfer and pass that baton on, and and it wasn't just this is somebody else's goal, but I've now made this my goal, and uh, the temple's built, and and so We have to look at, you know, what is our willingness to commit to doing the will of God? Does that, it doesn't matter what it looks like, it doesn't matter how long it takes, it doesn't matter what the cost is, it doesn't matter who gets the, the ultimate credit for it. Are we willing to pursue the vision that the Lord has cast, and are we willing to pursue that at all costs? And are we willing to bring people along and set up the next generation? You know, there are a lot of white-haired folks in the audience this evening, and I'm sure a lot of you are surprised that the Lord hasn't come back yet. Uh, And, you know, I can stand up here and I can look at what's going on in the world, and I don't know how the Lord hasn't come back yet. You know, it feels like tomorrow is is the day. And I'm sure for everybody in here, throughout your life you've been like, oh, man, it can't get much worse than this. The Lord's got to be coming back tomorrow. It's got to be coming back tomorrow. And... You, you can say, oh, well, the Lord's going to come back. You know, I always joke I'm on um, the rapture diet where who cares what I eat, who cares what blood sugar is, blood pressure, Jesus is coming back soon. Anyway, you know, so all, all those negative things, you know, that you have over a lifetime of eating unhealthily, uh, I'm not going to have to have those chickens come home to roost. Um, but... uh it is um, we can have that mentality of oh well hey th- this is what we've got here this is kind of it God's come God's coming back soon there's nothing really more to do this thing's on autopilot and uh, you know of those before us who I'm sure had the same mentality I mean the phrasing is I'll I'll be back soon I don't know. When somebody says, oh, I'll see you soon, to me that doesn't mean 2,000 years. (laughs) It Doesn't mean, you know, uh, even a month. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, I'm gonna see you you soon, and yet here we still are. And so if you had all of those people just saying, oh, well, God's coming back soon, um, and and not continuing to pass the vision and the mission on to the next generation and on to the next generation and doing what they could now, I mean, the Bible tells us there should still be laborers when the Lord comes back. People should still be laboring. So uh, it is imperative that we continue this vision, that we prepare the next generation to accept that vision as their own and carry it forward. Uh, I'm I'm excited for 2024, Uh, I think the first weekend that we've had uh, was a great way to start the year and uh, looking forward to what the rest of the year has. Lord bless you.
1: Great job, let's stand. Sister Carolyn Vance is here, and we wanna have special prayer for her. She will not be here Sunday, but is going to have surgery on Tuesday, and we want her to come. We're gonna pray for her. We're gonna gather in. I, uh, you know, wanna remember Sister Martha Spires, Sister Beverly Spires, Brother John Sheese, um, Brother Odie Fell, uh, outside, I mentioned already um, Ed Sparrow, but um, <clears throat> Brother David made a, a very powerful point. Solomon's temple took seven years. After it was destroyed, Zerubbabel took two years to build the foundation. Herod took another 44 years to finish that temple was 46 years to rebuild the temple and it wasn't nearly as grand and magnificent or whatever that word was uh, in the King James as the original temple. And so uh, it was miraculous. And I'm thankful that the Lord is still doing miracles, aren't you?